Hey, I'm Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy and host of the Armed and Ready podcast. Please come and check out this exciting episode we have for you. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Armed and Ready podcast. We are so fortunate today to have another Air Force veteran on the show with us, Mike Dunn. Mike's actually been on the show as a guest before, so come check out this episode. Mike. Hey, what's, what's up, going on, Jason? What's up? It's been a good man, it's been a minute. I'm super excited. Super I know. excited. We were just talking. It's it's actually been a year almost to the day. I know, dude. That's like pretty crazy. I, I, I didn't realize what I, until we were like figuring out the dates, and I'm like, wait, what? It only yeah. feels like a couple of months. Yeah, it really does. You I know? mean, um, you know, we had a good conversation last time. I know we dabbled a little bit in business credit. We were talking consumer credit and stuff, and it was really good. And so uh, I'm glad that you extended the invitation again. I'm super happy to be here. So yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the last 12 months has been a whirlwind, I think. For Tell me about it. <laughs> lack of a better explanation, <laughs> right. right? I mean, I think we when we met, COVID had, hadn't really hit all the way yet. Yeah, it was kind of pre, like yeah. right before the, the, the craziness began. And then a couple weeks later, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah. is this Armageddon, right? It was just like nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, we're both, both in financial services, right? Yeah. And so um, I think for the two of us, this might sound a little cynical, but COVID's been good for us. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, this is one thing I've been telling folks uh, just in general about COVID and, and Corona and all this other stuff. I know that there was a lot of travesty, right, that has happened because of it. But when you really look at your life I, from like a macro point of view, right, there was a lot of good things that happened too. You know, I know families that got reconnected. I know a lot of people who, um, you know, businesses grew, uh, they just, they started businesses, you know, they didn't even think that they had the, the talent to do that kind of thing. But, you know, COVID sort of was that crucible, so to speak, that applied that pressure for them to be able to look at something in a different way. And, um, you know, and then there was a lot of growth. There was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of backlash, but then again, there was also a lot of positives too. So, and I, I kind of think it's such as life, right? So I like how you said like that pressure. Yeah. Right? Because, um, you know, I think we know like being in sales, right? And yeah. Reading sales books and everything else, like you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And I 100%. think um, for someone who's a hard driver, type A personality, yeah. like running their own show, we get that. Yeah. Like that makes sense to us. Yeah. But to the average person who it doesn't have to be like that in their day to day and then having that pressure cooker. Yeah. Um, I think it's forced some positive change for people and maybe hundred percent, maybe it's not all economic, right? Maybe it's just like you were mentioning like family. Yeah. Right. I mean, no kids aren't going to school. That's hard. Yeah. Like that is tough work, right? When you have kids at home, yes. mom and dad still have to try and earn a living and you got to have kids go to school and keep them occupied and busy. Like that's pressure. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that, um, it created, it created challenges that the world literally has never seen, right? Especially, oh, especially from a parenting standpoint and um, from a work-at-home standpoint, right? Um, it, it's really interesting because I've had a lot of conversations with parents who have, who have said, like, you know, I have to deal with my husband or I have to deal with my wife now all day, you know, which is something that I didn't anticipate, you know, or like that's not the norm, right? right. Um, and then I have to deal with my children all day. Right. And that's not typically the norm, but I think even out of that, um, there has been an intimacy that's created, been created with a lot of family dynamics. I can say for myself, 
I'm, I mean, I was already close to my family, but I am way closer to my family now than I've ever been before. Um, and that willingness to get vulnerable with them and talk about things that maybe I didn't have the time for, or maybe I wasn't paying attention to because during normal conditions, it's all hustle and bustle and go, 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 go. Um, it's caused me to slow down and really evaluate what's really important to me and, and make sure that I make time for that. And I think that that has been kind of the sort of, I guess you could say dark gift out of COVID is this idea of really understanding where I'm putting my time and how I'm cultivating my relationships, which I think is a really big thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I've seen like something similar, like, especially with my kids and just, um, you know, that hustle and bustle during the yeah. day and working from home, all of a sudden you kind of check in and realize, oh, they're just watching TV or they're yeah. just in front of a screen. It's like, okay, I can carve out 10 minutes. A hundred percent. And go play with my kid for a little bit. Exactly. You know, like yeah. entertain, like let's talk about the alphabet or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And let's stimulate the brain a little bit and, and then also bond, right. And spend time together. Yeah. And I think I've really picked up on those little things, um, have been great for just that father child, you know, relationship. Yes. It's, it's small amounts of time. Cause usually it's after work. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're trying to squeeze. Yeah. You're trying to squeeze in that 30 minutes before they go to bed or like whatever's going on. And, yeah. and it's interesting, right? Because we, we didn't, I, I think I underestimated how much time I was spent spending like looking at a screen, you know, and whether it was television or the computer or a combination of both, or now even my phone. Right. Um, and really, you know, being with my family during that amount of time in a day, it, it really has caused us to kind of turn off the television and talk and commune and, you know, really connect and it's, and, uh, and get in touch with one another and like what's going on in each other's headspace, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so tell me, you've had some exciting stuff go on this year. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to hear about it. I mean, we're so, so the, so the audience knows we're both in the financial world, yes. right? So I'm on the mortgage side. I specialize yeah. in home loans. Yeah. You're on the financial side, especially in like businesses and entrepreneurship and that, that <sighs> side of things. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So in layman's terms, uh, what happened with us with, with, with COVID is we evolved into being able to do everything. Um, and when I say everything, I mean everything. Like we now help companies go from concept to consumer. So if you have an idea, you don't know how to cultivate that idea. We have a systematic process, whether it's a product or a service, that we will basically put you in the engine and essentially bring that idea to a viable product and present it to your ideal demographic. So we went from just doing consumer credit restoration to now uh, business credit building and alternative financing. Then we moved into even um, technology development. So now we own our own software, like a CRM system that we cool. built for companies for them to be able to do automations and, and run any sort of um, thing that they can imagine. Um, we also have, I'm a coach and I've always been a coach, but now my, my coaching and mentorship has really kind of exploded um, in a lot of different ways. And also we ended up developing our own marketing division now. So we do web development, we do marketing, we do coaching, we do consulting. We, you know, it's, I mean, it is a, a behemoth of, of services that we now provide that now I can, you know, I can comfortably say with a, with a bit of a pride and honor that like, Hey, business or consumer, we can help you with everything. Um, we're a one-stop shop, whether it's decade consulting group, 
whether it's Decade Financial Solutions or Business Solutions or even me, Mike, the Money Guy, coaching and mentoring, um, we have something for everyone. And um, and that just wasn't a conversation we were having pre-COVID. Not at all. <laughs> we really weren't. So yeah. You're just um, kind of staying in your lane and just hustling yeah, head I, down. I, kind I, of I wouldn't even say so much as staying in the lane as much as like we were just looking at what was working, right? Right. You know, so it was kind of like, all right, well, this has been very profitable for us. We don't we don't really need to deviate deviate from a niche and um let's just continue focusing here right but but for me you know and you know this as being an entrepreneur like there's always that kind of itch where you want to create you want to innovate you always want to push the envelope do things different always trying to provide more value solve more problems and that that drive what is what kind of pushed the the creation of decade consulting group and like what we were doing now because we we just want to solve problems. I mean, there's so many problems and challenges out there that people are not looking to try and solve. And that's what we want to do. We want to get into that space and just be able to try to solve it. So that was sort of what was born out of this pressure of COVID. And, 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 and it's been well, it's been, it's been, it's been a privilege and we've been enjoying it. And our clients have really been seeing the value and they're getting a lot in return. And, um, and we're helping companies grow, you know, and that's the best that's awesome. thing about it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a blessing. Which is unique because, you know, all we hear about really during this COVID era is how much businesses are suffering. And there yeah, are plenty there, that there are, are suffering. There are. Um, so it's it's nice to hear that bright spot of like, hey, here's here's some that are succeeding. Yes. What, what kind of businesses are you seeing like either that you're helping to create mm -hmm. or you're helping like meet, reach a, ni a nice growth during this? Okay. Um, so really, here's the fun part, Jason. It's every business. So we – so as an example, right, let's take the restaurant industry because we all know that the restaurant industry took a tremendous hit. Right. During COVID. Yeah. Right. So we had, uh, this is when the alternative financing side of our business kind of exploded because companies were looking for funding. They weren't able to get it through traditional banks. So then companies like ours would step in and start consulting and educating the business owner about how they could get alternative financing. Well, of course, the million dollar question then comes, hey, if you are a restaurant and you now just were given 55, 65, 95, $150,000 in an unsecured line of credit or unsecured capital, whatever, whatever. What's the best way to use that money, right? Um, we took one uh, company, they came to us, they were in dire straits. It was a very kind of precarious situation. And within 48 hours, we had them approved for a $75,000 line of credit. And so she went from literally, I'm gonna lose my business to 48 hours saying, oh my God, like, what am I going to do with this money and how can I best maximize the growth of my business? Well, then this is where the imagineering consulting side of Decade CG, DCG comes into play where we said, okay, look, everyone is still eating out. They're just not coming to your restaurant. So why not create a program that you have all these email lists and all these like restaurant clubs and stuff that you had of all this, all your, your clientele. Yeah. Why not market to them and say, Hey, food is still available. We can have it either delivered to you or you guys can come pick it up and we're still here. Da, 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 da. Right. And so by doing so it, it changed the frame of the way restaurants were doing business or this particular restaurant using them as an example, right? Where they're used to just waiting for consumers to come through the door, they got on to the proactive and they went on the hunt or the attack, right? And and they're same, same great food, same great service, but now that service looks a little different, but the quality of the food or the quality of the product hasn't diminished. 
And so now we actually checked in with them recently. They're actually doing more than what they were doing pre-COVID because they didn't realize how many um, people were willing to order takeout or right. willing to order in or have it delivered. You and know? Dude, that's right back to the whole pressure cooker thing. Right? Yeah. So like it was so easy to just sit back and let customers it, come exactly, to you and you exactly. didn't have to outwardly go market to them. Right. Exactly. So marketing is like the law of attraction, right? You, yes. You've got to attract them to you. Exactly. Through whatever method it means. Exactly. Right? So um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. It was, it's a, it was a cool story. And I mean, and she, she's a great uh, young woman and, um, and it, it really what the bottom line comes down to, Jason, is that we're, we just feel honored. We feel honored that we're able to serve the client or serve the business in this capacity because we know as small business, we are the backbone of the economy. We all need each other. I need your business to thrive. You need my business to thrive. We need restaurants to thrive. We need consumers to be willing to spend. 100%, 100% yeah. right? It's yeah. one huge kind of cohesive body that in, broken up over multiple industries. And we all need each other. So if we've been blessed to be able to innovate and be able to create solution, well, that's at the fundamental core of everything that we want to do is provide solution and be able to move clients and move businesses in a way that they can innovate, be profitable and create value and provide for their families. Right. And that's, that's the idea. So yeah. oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Thank I have, you. I have some, some ideas as the entrepreneur, I, I got to run by you, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always, always thinking, right? Yeah. Um, always imagining. Oh, of course you have to, yeah. you have to, that, that is the key. Um, you know, if you make, let's just hypothetically $10 million, right? Um, most people would say, oh, you're killing it. You're crushing it. Keep going. Or like, you know, maintain. And for us, we're looking, no, um, how can we push it more? How can we, yeah, let's get to 50. How do we get to 50? Yeah. But it's not even just about the money. It's more about like how many lives can we impact? How many people can we serve? Like how much more can we innovate? You know, one of the things that we did is on the consumer side, we are every single day, we are looking to try to lower that price point on the consumer side of the credit restoration. We just, we want, we really want to get it to a point where we can just give credit repair away for free. That we can just say, here, sign up, it's free, no strings attached, no hidden motives, none of that nonsense, it's just free. You know, we're not there yet, we're close, we're not there yet, you know, but we want to be there. You know, how much more could people thrive if they just were given a hand up? Not a hand out, but a hand up. Because there's a lot of people that are hungry for success, they're hungry to grow, you know, they don't want a handout. They just need an assist. They just need some assistance, you know, totally. and they're willing to do the work, you know, and we want to be a company that can do that, you know, and that's where we're, that's kind of where we're thinking. That's really, know? really cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, um, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, some ideas and working on implementing some stuff for helping more people to, you know? so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, at the final stages of kind of formulating a, uh, a nonprofit, which is going to be the armed love, and ready foundation. Oh, I love that. Um, so I think maybe there's some opportunity that we can, we can connect with some of that stuff, but we're okay. The, the objective is to help, help our military with their financial education. Yes. Right. Not just talking about mortgages, not just talking about buying houses. Yeah, no, but financial literacy, everything. Yes, right. I, love I that. mean, you know, what's, what's tough for me because like you see, I see credit reports all the time of, mm -hmm. of young military people. And, um, you know, the average military person goes straight from high school into the military. So, you know, living with mom and dad and then boom, you're in the military. Yeah. And there, there's no transition there. Yeah. You know, it's just, here you go. And yeah. All of a sudden 
you got a cell phone bill and then you got a car loan, yeah. and, you know, and all of a sudden like these other responsibilities start coming yeah. up and you got a bank account, Yeah, you know, and, and, um, it's unfortunate because the public schools don't teach anything that you need to. No, to there's no survive. practical applications. Zero. Everything, everything in education is very conceptual, right? It's very theoretical. And I get into like healthy debates with people about this all the time. And I tell them, I say, guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you. How many professors in college do you know are millionaires? Very few. Because what they, I'm not, I'm not knocking education. I'm certainly not knocking college because I've gone to school myself. However, the idea of this concept in a vacuum is not the way that true business is conducted day to day to day. So getting back to the consumer, right? And we know this from the military. The military is so efficient at just systematically assimilating a person from civilian culture into military culture. And they do this so efficiently that the military member doesn't even have to think like, right. You literally, you have an SOP for everything. And you, I mean, your bank accounts are created for you. Your, your hair is cut for you. Your uniforms are given to you. There's food being served to you. You have barracks to sleep in. Like, so there really is no, like it is complete interdependency on the military. Right. And that's a good thing when you're serving the mission and doing what needs to be done. Totally, yeah. But it can be counterintuitive, right. When you're for now you're given inherently more responsibility outside of your, your MOS or outside of your uh, AFSC. And like you said, you're like, okay, how do I manage my cell phone bill and, you know, my rent and this and still have enough money to maybe go grab a couple beers with some friends every now and again. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening and I'm literally living paycheck to paycheck, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I, I love that you're thinking this and I love that you're doing an MPO because I think MPO is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to be able to share with people like, I want them when, when they finally get to the point one day in the future of yeah. wanting to buy a home that they can balance their, their checking account. Yeah. You know, like, like they understand how to save and how to create a budget yeah. and do those really basic things, like how to do basic banking. Yeah. Right? And then obviously like there's more, there's way deeper stuff you can get into, you know, which is investing in the market yeah. and there's all sorts of avenues there. And, yeah. and you know, it, it really spreads much, much deeper. And, and I want to, and we're creating kind of a, a platform to teach on all those different things. Yes. Um, but just bring it straight to our military members and let's, let's, let's equip them to be able to be financially independent hundred percent and, um, and really set themselves up because I, I think like being active duty in the military, you have such opportunity yeah. lying ahead, right? Yeah. Financial opportunity, but no one sees it. It's hard, right? It's, it's hard because you know, you're, you're inundated with the, the barracks and, yeah. and the meals and you're going to work out and you're getting and yeah. you know, like the job. Yeah. And that's, you're inundated with that. And you're like, oh, finally, I got a little bit of leave this weekend. Okay, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting fun. loose. And yeah. yeah. And you know, here's the thing that I always tell my military members. And, um, cause I talk with a lot of young men about, uh, considering the military and I tell them hands down, it's the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. I mean, I served four years, you, and the military literally is still compensating me from as being a disabled vet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, along right. with education benefits, medical benefits, the list goes on and on. Right. But here's the kick in the head. The military is the only institution, the only one that you can serve in it for 20 years and guarantee yourself a retirement. And, and that's a guarantee. That's not a kind of a, if then possibility, maybe happy. No, like now if you push it to 30, right. And you got it and you started at 18, where's that put you? What are you 48? Right? <laughs> like you're still, you could st you still have a whole nother career to create if you want to easily, you know? yeah. easily. 
So it's it's fascinating that people have this kind of in certain certain cases like this sort of negative perception about oh well I'm getting told what to do and they have to you know they control my life and blah 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 like how is that different than your civilian job? Can you can you can can you go quit your civilian job? Like sure yeah you could go quit, but what happens to your bills? What happens to your rent? What happens to your family? Like what happens to your ability to eat and provide food for yourself? Yeah. Right. So this idea, that illusion, right? It's it's pretty, it, it's it's ridiculous. And I, I tell people, go join, like find find a path, forge a trade skill, because that's what the military is going to teach you, viable skills that can you then apply to the civilian world if you decide to get out after four or six years. Right. Yeah. Know? And I think, and sometimes even that gets blurry because people yeah. think like, well, if I'm going to go throw grenades or drive a tank, like I can't do that in the civilian yeah, world. And it's like, every- yeah, you're right. Like there's no jobs you're throwing grenades in the civilian yeah, world. Yeah, but not everybody's doing that in the military. Right. But <laughs> and, but the other things you learn, yeah. like the leadership skills, the organizational skills, you know, how to um, um, plan for a mission, you know, and, and all that stuff, that's all applicable. Yes. To the civilian world. And, and, and you get taught that at a very high level. Yeah. Well, here's, but here's the kick in the head. We know this. Like take all four branches, all five branches. There is a very small percentage of them that are actually directly involved in combat. Like there are a lot of, and we know this from the air force, we are a support operation. So everything that we're doing predominantly is in, in, in conjunction with support. Now, do we have a special forces unit? Yeah, of course. Like, and what is the percentage of what they make up in the air force? Right. Or what is the percentage? Super small. A super small. Yeah. So this idea that you're going to go to the Navy or go to the air force or go to the Marines or the army or the uh, coast guard. And and you're just going to be blowing people up all day long. Like, that's not how it works. Like, and I tell people this all the time, every single job, every single one that you see in the civilian sector was developed from some sort of position in the military. Military needs admin, military needs hospital workers, military needs support and finance people and all these other people. Right. So it's not one of these situations where, depending on what career you choose, are you going to be out here just blowing people up all day long? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how it works. And you can easily develop yourself and all the things that you're talking about, all that intrinsic things that you need to know how to do, like work within a team, follow orders, um, learn how to be a leader and a follower, because those are both equally important. Right. Um, Working with people from all kinds of walks of life. Right. These things are intrinsic skills that need to be developed in order for you to be effective in anything that you do, not just uh, a job. Right. Right. So I, uh, I advocate for the military hundred percent. It has by far been the best decision I ever made in my life. I'm so glad that I could serve. If I could do it again, I'd do it again. Um, And if anyone is watching this and they're thinking about joining, join, join. Okay. Cause it is amazing. So it is. And I, and I'll, I'll echo that. I mean, it's, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And not only from all the things you mentioned, but the people you get to meet and, you know, just the walks of life and experiences other people bring to you. Right. Um, And and you get to be participating. And then like, and you know, like the leadership and the values that get, that you gain from that type of stuff. And, you know, seeing, seeing those guys who are, you know, the officers maybe in charge of your unit or something and, you know, getting the good sound bites or the leadership examples from them that you can then apply later in your life or sit with you your whole life. Yeah. You know, it's not stuff you plan on receiving when you join the military, but like all those little fringe benefits aside from, you know, disability benefits and retirement and VA loans and all that jazz. Right. That's all great. Right. That's all gravy. But this, these little things are life changing. Yeah. So I'll tell you a story. So, um, the software we developed, 
M3. It's uh, based off of my coaching system, Make, Manage, Multiply. But the philosophy of where it came from and how it was born came from two people. One, my own personal empirical experience spent in the military and seeing all these SOPs that have been created for every single thing that you do in life in the military. It has an SOP for it, which is actually very brilliant when you really get down to its core of why they do that. But then also... I ran into some growth challenges with uh, a decade financial uh, in the, in it's uh, kind of right when we were in this kind of pivotal place of growth. And it was my father who spent 30 years in the military who pointed out major gaps in my thinking with the way that from a technological standpoint, mm-hmm. I had structured decade and wow. yeah. And it, and it all stemmed from his time spent in the military. He was like, you have no, you have no this, you have no that, you don't have a follow-up system, you don't have a system to account, uh, verify and hold accountability, which is everything that we have in the military. You double check, then you recheck, and then you triple check, and then it gets signed off, and then it gets signed off again. You know, it's like all of these systems of accountability, which in the military, when we're in it, we think is really monotonous, but in actuality, it has been invaluable in business. And I didn't think, I didn't know that. So- when we started designing M3, we were like, oh my God, like this, this is actually like military technological infrastructure or big corporate business infrastructure for the small business owner. And it's things that we don't even think about running small business, you know, as an example, like, I mean, Jason, you're brilliant at what you do, right? But when you start to duplicating yourself, sometimes what we, I know this happened to me. I underestimated how much I knew intrinsically, just things that I knew how to do that I now need to train somebody to do, you know? And it's like, they don't know that thing. Right. And so this is again, going back to my military roots. Well, how did the military take me from having never marched in my life to now being able to comfortably handle an A3 assault rifle? Like, Oh, it was a very systematic process. And so now I, we had to kind of systematize everything. And that's really how the software was born. And so we get so many small businesses who come to us and they take a look at it or they get a demo and they're like overwhelmed at the possibilities of what they can now do in their business. Cause they're like, Jesus, you guys are thinking like major corporate. We're like, yeah, because isn't that where you want to go business owner? You want to become a major conglomerate. And so that whole concept was born out of my time spent in the military you know, and watching this beautiful machine comprised of tens of thousands of individuals moving singularly in one cohesive unit. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, and that, again, is I tip my hat off to the military and what they taught me, cause that's really where it came from. You know, it's, it's so crazy that you're talking about that because like in my personal business, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in a, a growth phase right yeah. now where it, I mean, you just said exactly some things that I'm going through, right? It's like stuff that I know and knowledge and things I've just gained over the years. Yeah. Like now I have to figure out a way to replicate that yeah. as, as growth happens and create SOPs. Yeah. And, you know, I like I literally was up last night thinking about, okay, I need to create an SOP for, for this role and this role. And I'm thinking about things. Okay. I got to make sure I put this in there. This is a task that needs to be on there. You know, and like yeah. now that stuff's like running through my head. I mean, yes. I need to implement. But, um, but totally. I mean, that's that's a hundred percent. I mean, you can yeah. only get to a certain level before it's like, okay, this infrastructure has got to be set in. Yeah, and we don't we take it for granted. You totally. know, like 
your ability to sit down with a brand new client who has no context of home ownership and comfortably navigate that within for you probably I would say estimated probably 10 minutes is really all you need to really get them to a point where they can visualize themselves becoming a homeowner and they have a very kind of fundamental or rudimentary like concept of what the steps need to be right yeah like you can do now where did that come from that's like your 10 15 years of experience that you know and that's that has allowed you to be able to condense that conversation into a very finite precise conversation but now you want to duplicate that with one of your staff members and they don't have that experience right so this is here in the challenge right and it's like man like these are the things that we didn't think about that we or at least i took for granted being in the military and now looking back at it, I'm like, huh, okay, I get it now. I see how they've done this. And now I'm going to start mirroring some of the concepts that I learned and adopting them into my own business, hopefully to make the business better. Yeah, so. no, totally. Well, and, and the whole coaching thing, I, I'm a huge advocate of, of coaching for, yeah. for business. Like I think it's an absolute no brainer. If, yeah. if you're really looking to kind of, break your own glass ceiling, right? And, yeah. And grow. You have to. Um, you've got to get coaching. You need that outside perspective and that objectivity and, yep. and experience too, right? Like, mm-hmm. so um, you got to have that. And I always, I always liken it to like, I mean, pick any athlete, right? Yeah. Like professional athlete and, and look at them. And I, I like using like Ken Griffey Jr. as a good example, right? Yeah. If you, if you watched that guy swing the baseball bat, arguably one of the most beautiful baseball swings you've ever yeah. seen. And, and a great hitter, right? Yeah. Amazing. Um, but that guy had a, a hitting coach mm-hmm. and his hitting coach was telling him, Hey man, when you're up to bat, your, 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 your elbows are too low. You you're doing this, you're doing that. You yeah. Turn, you got to turn your hips more. You got to, yeah. you know, like whatever the critique and the coaching is. And this is a guy that's a professional yes. making millions of dollars to swing that bat. Yeah. And he's still got someone in his corner. Well, that, I think it's even more, it. I think it's more viable than, you yeah. know, I think it's more important than because you, because there is such a uh, so much pressure on pre- them to perform. Yes, that yeah. and also just such a uh, an, a focus on that particular mm-hmm. skill set that you have perfected or you're continuing to perfect. This is why I love Tom Brady so much, mm-hmm. because Tom Brady was a guy who took all of this concept of physical development and physical nutrition and all the things that he and and adopted it fully into his practice as a quarterback, right? And he got into the cerebral aspects of the game. And of course, he maintained the physicality of the game and made sure that his body was able to perform the necessary tasks that it could do. You know, I tell people all the time, you hire a coach for two reasons and two reasons only, accountability and acceleration. That is it. You are leveraging the experience of your coach to accelerate your growth. And then they are also, during that acceleration, making sure they are holding you accountable. If you are looking at a coach, if you're considering hiring a mentor or whatever that situation is, and you don't believe that they can help you accelerate your growth and you don't believe that they can comfortably hold you accountable, you need to find someone else to work with, yep. period. Yeah, no, that that level of accountability is the pressure cooker yes. right, that we talked about before. Yes. And um, it works. Yes, it does. It works very much. Pressure creates diamonds, right? That's right. So yeah, no, it's it's super cool. Well, um, I'm really excited to hear about all the success that you're having with the growth of your business. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I you. mean, it's, it's awesome. And, and to see you know, success stories come out of what otherwise, you know, historically is going to be known as probably a dark period yeah. of time. Right. Um, so I think it's really cool to highlight that and talk about, you know, not only your personal success, but the success you're helping others achieve yeah. during this time. And I think the restaurant example is so awesome because 
we all have seen how bad that industry yeah, is. Yeah, restaurants are around. suffering, right? And it's and you know, restaurants are very traditional, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of industries that are very traditional. Um, even trucking companies, very traditional. That's another one that's really big that we've been helping out a lot. Um and these industries they haven't lost their value. What they've lost is their ability to reach their audience, right? And in a world of social media and a world of all of this technology, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to innovate. Um, innovation is the key to, to success. Innovation, imagination, work ethic. These three things are, you know, they're your bacon, eggs, and bread. You know, if you do not put them together, you will not have a delicious sandwich. And if you're missing one of them, it's going to cause problems in, in the overall success of the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for your, for your coaching, I think there's, well, I think we have a, a great audience here that would yeah. benefit from at least a conversation. Oh, hundred percent. I would love about to coaching. Yeah. So how, what's the best way for them to, to get connected with you and just have a conversation? About um, that? so I'm everywhere when it comes to social media, but my, my two predominant ones that you could really easily find me is, um, Instagram and also Facebook. Um, it's, uh, Mike, the money guy. So, um, look for this little logo here. You'll find it. And um, Mike, the money guy, um, you find that on Instagram or Facebook, it will plug you into the network. We also have um, a, a an incubator group online called Credit Repair University. It is well beyond just credit repair. We have technology professionals, mortgage professionals. Um, we have all financial professionals. I mean, we have tons of people come on there and do like uh, what like live summits, you know, where they do coaching and offer free information to the public and just really letting people know they exist, but also um, letting them know that they, uh, you know, that, that you can do it, you yeah. know, like, and that's a big one. So um, that would probably be the easiest way. You guys can go to decadebusiness.com, mikethemoneyguy.com, decadesolutions.com, all of these places um, you can find readily available information um, to get plugged in and, and, uh, and reach out to us and, we love to talk with you. I love. I love to talk with you if uh, if that's what you like to do. So yeah, and I think um, everyone should should reach out to Mike, talk to him about these opportunities. I think you know whenever there's um, a downfall in in a market, right? Yeah, in the economy. There's always opportunity. There's tons lies there, right? Yes, there's and, tons. And sometimes we don't realize it till it's too late. Yeah, there was an opportunity there. And I think you know, I think back to like you know the housing crisis. Yeah, and that whole crash and, and debacle and everything. Well. You know, there was a couple of years there where it was really smart to go buy some real estate. Yeah, credit it default was, swaps and everything else. It was, that was hard too. Yeah, to get financing. Yeah, but it was a great time because fast forward and you had made a ton of money. You yeah, exactly. You know? But hindsight's perfect vision, right? Yeah. So I think you know, I think there's opportunity right now as the economy is coming back to yeah. life. You know, before before the wave gets really big. Yeah. Get on the wave before it's really big yeah. and then be on the top, right? So here's another thing about that too. Million dollar ideas solve problems for today. Billion dollar ideas solve problems for tomorrow. So if I am a college student, if I'm an active military member, if I'm a stay at home wife, stay at home husband, whatever the situation is, what I would be asking myself is what's a problem that I could solve that I know is a problem today? And I also believe that it will be a problem tomorrow. And is there a skill that is associated with solving that problem? And is, does that skill align with my passion? And if so, go study it. You know, I have a young lady who I just spoke with yesterday. She is a brilliant content writer. 
I literally told her, I'm going to help you for free get this business off the ground because there's already a hundred, there's a huge market for this. People are constantly looking for people to write content. And if you're passionate about writing content, like you're in high demand, you're high demand already. Yeah. You know, and this is a problem that can be solved today. This is a problem that will continue to occur tomorrow and it aligns with her passion. Right. And this is something that wink, wink, nudge, nudge came out of her quiet time during COVID, you know? So it's one of these situations where like you have everything inside you that you need to provide value to the world, not just in a military capacity or not just a corporate capacity. Like if you're an employee, you have something else inside you that's extremely unique, that's unique to you. And sometimes all it needs is just the right nurturing, the right watering on that seed to help you bring it out so that you can not only be compensated, but also spiritually be rewarded for the, for the value that you provide someone else. Totally. That's yeah. how we meant to be. Yeah. That so. fulfillment and what you do every day is, <gasps> it's, is worth it. It's addicting. Yeah. I it's mean, addicting. there's that old, that old saying is, um, you know, do something you love and it doesn't feel like work. Or, <sighs> you know, that, that one, um, I'm totally chopping it up, but yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, find something that you love and you're passionate about and yes. it's not, it doesn't feel like work. Oh, it doesn't. Don't, don't, don't ask to change the world. Just ask to be useful. And ultimately you will find that you may just change the world. Yeah. So awesome, man. Mike, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's so great you, to have you on the show, yeah, brother. Yeah, man, it's good thanks to be back, for man. coming back. And um, can't wait for you guys to check out this episode. Awesome having two Air Force guys chatting it up together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming by and Armed and Ready Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you have any questions about the guests on the show, please reach out to me at valoneguy.us.